0: The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled Scientists. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one.
1: Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Scientists, a brand new podcast where we make sense of the world the only way we know how by following the principles and structure of the scientific method. Yep, while most podcasts trust opinions, we trust things like microscopes. Instead of the flying spaghetti monster, our God is math and sometimes math's fun friend science. Yes, while some may be reading the Bible, our Bible is a calculator. Yeah, some people are concerned with the Super Bowl and we're more concerned with super, num- super numbers, supernovas. We're more concerned with supernovas. Some people watch TV shows like Sopranos and Euphoria, but us, we sing like Sopranos due to the euphoria after figuring out a complicated equation. So come with us on a journey through time and space with three of the world's foremost scientists in their field and feed your brain for a a while. My name is Dr. Dollop Solve, and welcome everyone to Scientists. The first uh, 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 co-host I would like to introduce is my good friend, renowned in his field. Uh, Everyone, please say hello to Professor Scoop Dresser. Scoop, how are (laughs) you doing today? I'm doing great, Sal. Thanks for having me. And also joining us will be another Um, co-host. This is Dr. Benjamin
0: Watts Updog. Uh, Uh. Greetings, Earthling. I'm <laughs> oh, Just kidding. I'm actually I'm a scientist, not an alien. And actually, I don't even do any work with like space or I, aliens. Or I, I'm anything. worried we're having
2: too was much just fun. A joke. We're getting started here. I wish here. we could do an episode with the alien. Imagine that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you know, I'd have a lot of questions to n- ask ask an alien. I'd want to know, you know, what's what's up with you'd your have skin? to do a
2: thousand podcasts to get all your questions out
1: for that guy. Oh, God, sure. It's-
0: you know, I'm famous for this, but I I actually hypothesized using the scientific method that there might be aliens out there.
1: Oh, very impressive that, that pro- <laughs> you prove that something may be possible. That's very cool. Very, that's one step closer to knowing it may be true. Um, I, I don't want to get too off topic right at the beginning. So maybe we should go around the room and say who we are and what our credentials are to tell the listener at home why we are the most qualified people to tell them about science. Uh Prof uh Professor Scoop Dresser. Uh please tell us about your scientific ba- please tell us about your scientific background. Uh me? Uh y- yes.
2: <laughs> okay, uh I would love to. Um uh, well first and foremost, thanks for having me on today. Um Dr. Salve and uh Dr. What's Up Doug. Uh my name is Professor Scoop Dresser. I attended MIT. Uh I oh, got my doctorate. Uh thank you. Thank you very much. I got well, I got my master's uh in um crazy science.
1: It's a very hard field. Oh, That's wow. a very intense
2: field. Tell us. That's a crazy field. What what, what mm.
1: got you into to crazy science?
2: Well, it's kind of curious. What I thought when I was uh growing up, just as a boy, I was a bit fascinated by everything. I think all of us here could say that for ourselves. And well, I kind of wanted to know everything there is about everything. And That's really what came into play with crazy science because the crazy field sort of incorporates everything that exists or even doesn't exist as we know it. So you kind of have to know a little bit of everything to understand how it works. So my life's goal has been to find the crazy particle, which essentially the hypothesis is that, well, the source of all craziness or anything crazy that's going on due to these crazy particles or the crazy particle, and,
1: and, you know, and a lot of, you know, some of our, our listeners at home who may not be as, you know, well-versed in science as, as, as Scoop or I, um, they may be thinking, you know, that sounds really crazy. Um, but in reality, you know, it's science just like anything else. Don't be too distracted by the name of the crazy particle, because even though it is wacky and crazy, it's still, you know, there, 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 there's stuff that can be explained about it. For instance, if you introduce the uh, crazy particle, two crazy particles, two crazy particles together, um, it's not random what happens. They just go completely crazy every time. So this is stuff that may have you know, verbiage of something that doesn't sound scientific. But trust us, if you're not used to this, this is very scientific talk indeed. Um, Yeah.
0: When you hear about the crazy particle and you're a layman or a non-egghead, like someone with a normal shaped round head, perhaps, Mm -hmm. you hear about the crazy particle and it doesn't seem like it could be real. And you're like, how can we prove is it's real or not? Well, I think our friend the scientific method might have something to say about that. <laughs> it's
2: exactly what we use. I work full time out of the Three Pumpkins Observatory in Three Pumpkins, California, um, under the MIT Best Coast umbrella.
1: <laughs> no. you're, you're 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 probably taking a lot of time looking at the stars up there. I imagine that observatory. Oh yes,
2: yes. Uh, a lot of uh, you know dealing with photons. You know. Um, oh uh, you know algorithms um uh lasers we use a lot of lasers, you know? oh
1: yeah, you have to nowadays
2: you gotta I mean dealing with particles lasers are gonna go hand in hand with all of that and uh, well, I will say that we have a little bit of a lead uh, or perhaps a uh, um uh, perhaps a uh, 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 a little bit of a frame, if you will uh, I've been we've recently I can't speak too much on this. It's all about a wraps, but i we've been commissioned. Uh, to, um, perhaps find this crazy particle. So then we could, uh, apply it to this, uh, Alex Branson's Hawaiian house party. I don't know what this Institute is about. I don't know what it consists hmm. of, but they've given us a substantial grant for this, uh, uh research. So we're very grateful.
1: But you know you never really can tell you know uh, as men of science we try to distance ourselves from the intentions of the funding as much as possible whether we're given money by the government or some kind of Awesome sounding house party. at the end of the day, our mission is not necessarily to provide these funders with what they need, but to advance the cause of science. So regardless of what they want to do with this house the house it sounds super fun, you know I don't know anything about it, but uh, you know we got to keep our our eye on the prize and really aim for that crazy particle. Tell me, um, you know perhaps we should table the, the the crazy particle discussion for now because I don't want Dr. Benjamin What's up Dog? you know to feel uh, uh left out. So so perhaps Dr. Benjamin uh you you could tell us a little bit about your background and why you're qualified to speak on uh, in a matter of science.
0: Well, yes, my name is Dr. Benjamin Watts Updog and I am a specialist in weapon science. And it kind of goes back to my youth, you know, like everyone has a story about like why they wanted to become a scientist, right? And for me, it was when I saw the footage of the nuclear bombs getting dropped on Hiroshima, and Nagasaki. I was like, "Wow!" Was that, know, is that like
1: live? It's... You saw those live?
0: No, that was footage. No, uh, heavens, no! I wasn't oh my, live I, thought, in the 40s. I thought he was saying he was there.
2: I was like, "Did you
0: find a, a, a time machine?"
2: <laughs> <laughs> I also no, thought I he was found a time been, That would have been crazy right there. That would have been well, crazy. Well, let me
0: let me tell you this. I watched it on VHS, recorded off of the History Channel. That's kind of a time machine right there a VHS tape. How old, Very astute. Astute.
1: How old were you broadcast? when you when you saw that footage? Was it
0: I was probably about 9 years old and as I watched that footage I was like, you know, behind all the number crunching and calculations and math that had to happen for all that to take place, you those scientists actually made a difference in the world. Well, can How I- many people can say that?
1: So did you cho- did you record the nuclear bomb footage at nine years old, so you could watch it, or did somebody make you sit down and and watch footage of a nuclear bomb going? Well, on? my
0: dad was watching the History Channel; he didn't want to miss these World War II specials.
1: Oh, so he would record the explosions of the bombs later on, and you you found him and you started watching. Yeah, and he watched
0: the replays. Oh, okay,
1: later, you know. <laughs> I was wondering if it was sort of some sort of blooper situation in which he was just watching
2: war footage in particular over and over again. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think war footage can, can be constituted as bloopers.
0: <laughs> That's right. And here's the thing. See, ultimately I think that war and violence are the most wrong thing ever. And the reason I know that I don't need a god to tell me that. I have math to show me that. I did the numbers and it turns out with the scientific method that it's bad to be mean to other people and hurt them. Oh, so I, didn't know science I could do that. figured though, that when they dropped those bombs, it was such a powerful deterrent that people used less nuclear bombs. But the problem is people still used those nuclear bombs in the first place. Right? Right. So what if we could create a nuclear bomb so powerful that no one would ever use it?
1: And this has been uh, this has been your life's work. Am I correct?
0: Yeah, I, I presently work for the J.B. Pritzker Foundation for Peaceful Warfare. Mm. And we're trying to design the most deadly weapons ever invented of all different kinds so that they may never be used in any context ever. Wow,
1: that's 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 very impressive. You know, it, it's truly remarkable. You know, I've seen, you know, clips that you've posted on your, your TikTok or Instagram where, you know, you have these experimental weapons and you're in a big warehouse in an undisclosed location and you're just kind of blasting lumps of concrete with a, you know, with a gravity gun, with propeller rifles, with, you know, frog venom. And some of the work this you've just done is tip very... Of the iceberg... Because oh. the
0: gravity gun was uh, one of our first inventions, but we're now up to a gravity gun that also shoots bullets at you.
2: Well, you guys have also you guys have also uh, uh done research to to weaponize icebergs themselves, like the ones that took down the Titanic, <laughs> which is a bit interesting That's right. because that would uh be included in the uh the Venn diagram of uh crazy science. So my team actually contributed to that as well.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And you know the, it would have been much more humane if the Titanic went down. If that iceberg had a huge bomb in it, it would have just exploded the Titanic instantly, and those people wouldn't have had to suffer as it slowly sunk.
1: Well, it, even if you think of it this way, if they had a nuclear bomb on the Titanic, and then the iceberg had its own nuclear oh. bomb, they would just steer. Yeah, it
0: would have been a deterrent. Yeah, they would have just both gone their separate mm-hmm. ways,
1: and you never would have had any any of that nasty business of a Titanic that you know somehow you know, even to this day, still manages to steal scientists from us.
0: Um, even all- even if there we didn't have the nuclear bomb on board the Titanic, which I wish we did, but if we had just armed every citizen on there with two or three guns, they all could have shot at the iceberg until it was so small that it couldn't kill the ship. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we hear a lot of, you know, a lot of stories about, you know, the, the big funders of a lot of expeditions of the Titanic and whatnot. And, you know, it, 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 Mr. Cameron was, was a was a guy that went down there all the time. And what he would do is oh, he
0: shot a movie down there. He
1: would he, not only that, he would point his howitzer at the Titanic you know, as as a threat, you know, leave us alone, you know, stop coming for us. We'll leave you. Haven't you
0: done enough?
1: Yeah. So, you know, a lot of that people think these scientists, you know, we're just kind of these, you know, emotionless people just creating for the sake of uh, creating. And that's not true. I mean, we're a community and we try to, you know, take care of each other as best we can.
0: Uh, You know, I have to say as an aside, my my scientist friend, uh, a colleague of mine who studies um, the polar ice caps and the melting of ice and all of that actually got to meet the iceberg that killed the Titanic. And he said, it's actually a pretty cool iceberg that feels like really bad for what it did.
1: Oh, well, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I guess if it feels bad, you know, you can't really punish an iceberg. I guess, but that's very impressive. I, I would have lots of questions to ask that iceberg personally. You know, were you, were you, know, were well, you awake when it hit you? Or
0: I think that that iceberg has already suffered enough indignities. That's the most notorious iceberg on Earth. People haven't shut up about that thing.
1: You know, in recent years, really, the tide has turned to be more pro iceberg. Where initial reports after the Titanic were very anti iceberg. You know, um. As for me, my name is Dr. Dollop Salve. I currently work as the head of the Color Foundation, Um, have only recently been working in America. A couple months ago, I was on the staff of President Johnny O as the lead science advisor in order to teach them on Christmas Island. We We were engineering an even bluer blue jeans. These jeans were the bluest blue you had ever done, heard of in your whole life. Um, I have worked in color theory for the majority of my life. Um, you know, I majored in color theory, non racial, at Poindexter University, graduated with a master's. After college, I went to work for Family Poison, uh, where I spent a decade making poison in friendlier colors, beige pink, salmon, coral, brown. No one ever expects a brown poison. People typically, you know, when they imagine they're going to see poison, it's going to be either colorless or green, which those are the, the typical colors. But uh, with green... What about I,
0: purple. I, purple? <laughs> I would I would expect to find purple poison, yeah. Well,
1: in a lot of ways, you know, purple... We we notice this and, and, and I don't want to get should I get into do you guys wanna hear some color theory
2: now? I mean this is why we gather today to discuss science, is it not? Yeah, I don't have anywhere to be.
1: Well there's inherently Antagonistic colors in the same way there's cool colors. You know, you'll have cool colors, which will traditionally be, you know, blues, yellows, greens. And then you'll have hot colors, which will be, you know, purples, you know, yellow sometimes if it looks crazy, you know, red, orange, those kinds of things. So when we have a purple poison, essentially what we have is, you know, you can call a lot of things poison, you know, fabuloso's purple. And if you drink that, it's poisonous. But really, what I'm talking about when I say poison is like real concentrated, you know, touch a fingertip of it you know, Kingslayer type poison. So in that sense, yeah, a purple poison would be successful and that it wouldn't be expected. But I really do think people like the classics when it comes to poison. I always tried to make sure that after about 15 minutes in your body, the poison revert to green.
0: You know, because if somebody does I just really feel like purple is a lot more classic of a poison color than green, like a lot more.
1: Well, like what are the classic purple poisons you're referring to?
0: Well, like in um, Pokemon, if you poison something, I think it's purple when they get poisoned.
2: <laughs> He's studying something that's fictional. <laughs> that's, that's very humorous.
0: Well, actually, I did work on Pokemon to research to make sure it was scientifically accurate. Um, and I, I assure you that the scientific method was applied to every attack in that game.
1: Well, and you know, I don't, I don't want to get too technical too early. But if you look at the dichromatism of a purple poison, you're going to see the metamerism is going to be completely off. When it's going to be achromatic, you're not going to have the poison harmony that you have in a lot of your green or colorless poisons. So, using tetrachromacy, if you're able to cast. all, Multiple lenses over it, and you're able to view it, you know, in a UV wavelength through any kind of high functioning wavelength. You're going to see that these poisons, the color spin doesn't coordinate correctly. So, purple poisons at max only going to be 85% as successful as a green poison, almost similar okay. to the way that uh, a, 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 a early bacteria in the Earth's environment well. was. Mostly I think
0: I can resolve this once and for all using the scientific device of the iPhone in my hand right now. I have used Google technology to Google the term purple poison, and the top result is purple poison cannabis strains. Purple poison is the simple combination of two of the most renowned sativas from the 1990s, Purple Urkel X Tangerine Dreams and Durban Poison. Mm-hmm.
1: And we've so done, I've it. done a lot of, I've done a lot of research with Purple Urkel. I don't know so much about, what was the other one
0: called? Oh, tanger, well, it's Purple Urkel X Tangerine Dreams is one and Durban Poison is the other. What well,
2: yeah. does it say here This says Grimace Gas? <laughs> That's clever. Yeah, I
1: think what they're they're saying is that this, you know, the marijuana they're making is so strong that it would be akin to, you know, a fart of a Grimace. Which, you know, in captivity, a Grimace, you know, I think a lot of people think they smell a lot worse than they would. You know, I did some uh, studies for the zoology department at Arizona State where they wanted to learn how to torture it better. And uh, essentially everything they did to the Grimace accidentally gave it pleasure. Uh, able to kind of use color-based technology by dyeing the Grimace a, a inverted color, an orange uh, which was a living hell for the Grimace. So I've done my work on uh, on some elevated stuff from that, but, uh, you know, uh, not really my field. Um, recently, uh, uh, after doing my work with American Style Blue Jeans, I recently won an Einstein Award for creating the color eggshell. So... Oh. Uh, very impressive. Not trying to uh, goad you guys into giving me praise or anything, but uh,
0: you know, I oh, of course, you know, am so. very we've
2: all proud. we've all won we've all won Einstein awards. Um, yes, the
0: classic award. Uh, it's just the the statuette you receive is just a gold bar.
2: And I, you
1: know, I love carrying around my gold bar. Um, you know, when you tell people it's an Einstein award, they think you're kind of bragging because you're just walking around with a gold bar. But uh, uh, I tell you what, having a gold bar, you know, really changes how you look at the world. I don't know. Do you guys carry your gold bars on you as well?
2: Not any longer. I used to.
1: I I can't get the thing. You know, I had to get a good new wallet that would fit it. You know, I, it it it's it's changed a lot of my life. But I you know I really I really feel can I tell crazy you what powerful. What I
0: say? Can I tell you what I say when I see a fellow genius scientist walking around with their gold bar? What I say? A hey, U. Because on the periodic table, AU is gold.
2: <laughs> that's very funny. Well, that's kind funny of enough, a joke. You know, funny enough, you know what Einstein's favorite uh, element was on the periodic table?
0: Einsteinium. Tungsten. <laughs> oh, yeah. Albert oh,
2: Einstein
1: yeah. you know, was renowned in his later years. Of course, everyone knows his, his famous formula, such as equals MC square. And his really unheralded work he did at the patent office, where he was one of the best admins they had, uh, but really he did kind of make his name for himself with his tongue in the university. You know, he was always flipping it around at people. He was always sticking it out.
0: I didn't realize there's actually an Einsteinium on the periodic table.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the you whole know, everyone, point of science. Everyone,
0: You're constantly everyone wants, learning. Every scientist dreams of being added to the periodic table. You mm-hmm. know, can you imagine how good it would feel if they had Watts up dogium right mm-hmm. next to Einsteinium? Oh, I
1: know. And you know, with me, you know, Doctor Dolph Salve, you know, I I I think uh, my element would be called Salvia. That would be quite intriguing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd be crazy to see what it would do. You know, with with with, it's it's a shame though that you know all the good elements are gone already. You know, whenever we find a new element now, it's just some big, tangled hunk mass thing that's barely stable, and then if it. If it's outside for more than 30 seconds, even uranium, I, I I went outside when it was raining and I, you know, I was going to have lunch outside. I, I opened up my uranium, not for lunch, just, to, you know, I like to look at cool things when I'm sitting there and, uh, you know, it started raining and the whole thing destabilized within like 30 minutes, burned a hole right through the the cabin. You know, some of these big elements are just so unwieldy. You can't do anything cool with them.
0: Oh, you're telling me. I mean, I love uranium because I'm always trying to work on making the world's most deadliest nuclear bomb. And so I need lots of uranium in my stockpile. Um, And the thing that I have learned about making the most deadliest bomb is basically that you need all the craziest elements in there. Like I'm talking about fermium, einsteinium, californium, berkelium, curlium, americum plutonium, all the good stuff. We're putting all that, like we're making better and better bombs by just putting all that shit. Basically, if the number is 89 and above on the periodic table, we're putting all that into a big mess
1: Uh-huh.
0: and we're putting in a big old bomb. <laughs> and then we just blow it up in the ocean and see what happens.
1: So, you know, the, uh, uh, just to kind of clarify, your method of building a big bomb is to find all the craziest elements, and you put them in some sort of bowl or some sort of.
0: Yes, it actually has a lot to do with crazy science too, in a way. Because that's, to me, the highest 100%. numbered ones are the crazy. Yes, yes, yes. Science.
1: Very, very, very true. Tell us, that's, tell us how crazy science is, could help us build a bomb. Like, te- and be as technical as possible, as technical so, <laughs> as you possibly can. Here's professor. the thing. Here's the
2: thing about crazy science uh, that's very quite crazy itself is. You could find the craziest elements out there, and no matter how crazy they are, they still we still have not found the key to the, or the crazy particle itself. So a lot of them are giving us little hints and pieces, but they're not giving us a direct answer. Which I love about science, because science doesn't hold your hand. Yes, it's it all theoretical. Have, it doesn't have artificial difficulty. You really have to figure it out for yourself. So with crazy science, you really want to take a mishmash of everything and kind of combine it in there and throw it in there. When you explode some of it, what happens? A new element is born. Is that the crazy particle? We don't know yet. That's what we're in search of. Oh, so I know so, this is
0: a much bigger picture thing to bring up, but I it, talking about the crazy particle makes me want to explain this to ordinary non-scientists. That I no, would well,
2: say we the, should it's be very as
1: technical. It is, as possible.
2: it is quite easily explainable with the crazy scale. Okay, so the crazy scale is about a thousand different levels of crazy, and you could guess how that goes.
1: Is it from one to I mean, a thousand? Quite,
2: well, they're labeled differently. They're not numbered. Uh, there's a thousand of them, yes. It's but a logarithmic
1: scale. So it's a thousand words and no
2: numbers? Some of them might be phrases. <laughs> Some are paragraphs, even. Can you give us an
1: example of one of the phrases that would be on the one through a thousand crazy particle scale?
2: So I would say uh, if you were to go up, if you were around the, 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 the lower parts of the crazy scale, um, say you saw a, a clown cut you off in traffic. That would be crazy, right? Oh, no, yeah, at, you, you go to your workplace. and You tell the story. Well, how, did, how would your coworkers respond to that story?
1: You're asking me. Well, uh, you know, well, I guess they'd say, "Wow, that's pretty crazy." Exactly right. Oh, what if the clown had a gun too? What would what, what would that be? That'd be even crazier. Is what they would probably
2: say. So, so you you would, imagine. you would
1: have to tell the first story first, and they would respond to the second story in comparison to the first story.
2: So now imagine this. We're going to go up a little bit higher imagine there was a child born and within its stomach was a bomb itself
1: well that's really crazy that's exactly nuts. that's nuts no it's not nuts nuts is much higher than that oh wow I'd hate to I you know I'd hate to hear what what nuts is
2: nuts is only a sub uh subcategory of crazy
1: I, I want to ask this, and I'm gonna ask this to both of you um the theoretical
2: crazy particle what do you think it looks like oh wow well let me <laughs> uh dr Selv, you can picture probably many different colors in your head colors that don't even exist yet.
1: Oh yeah, I I got all the colors in the back of my head.
2: I imagine the crazy particles made up of colors that isn't even in your brain. You you yourself couldn't even picture these colors. Oh, so
0: color science could perhaps Oh, help perhaps. Yes,
1: it. color
2: science guess, could be Yes, like very I said useful. it encompasses everything. So when you bring it together, it really becomes even crazier. In perspective, am well, I wrong?
1: What would it look like, and and well, without a color so like, like what is? I'm
0: not, I'm not a. I think it would be a crazy. crazy science, but I think
2: it would be a crazy shape. Would
1: it have like like photons? Would it have quarks? Oh, 100%, 100%. I believe again. I'm not,
0: I'm not a expert in the field, but I believe it looks like basically three guys peeking their head around a corner. And all three of them are like popping up one on top of another. You know what I mean?
2: No, so- no, 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 no. That's not crazy enough. You got to think bigger. So
1: the particle looks like three but guys. It's a small particle. The particle looks like three guys looking around
2: a corner.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a little bit crazy because you could add up so many of these particles together. It becomes more crazy. And it kind of snowballs. No, The crazy
2: particle would be a very crazy shape that you can't picture or, or explain with current Mathematics. Like a rhombus. <laughs> a rhombus is simple.
1: Mm, well. Uh, yeah, I guess I just really think don't about, understand. Think, I would I would describe I would describe it as a Tesseract on crack. Does it really Oh my God. That makes perfect sense. How does a crazy particle react to
2: gravity? It reacts however it wants to react.
1: So if there's a high gravity, it decides. it looks at the situation, it has thinking the crazy particle thinks to itself and it says you know, it doesn't matter what it is. I can react however I want. Well, not exactly. Okay. So how, how would it, it, it just goes crazy. All right. Does it react to, you know, magnets if you blast it with electrons? Does it, like, well, it depends.
2: Know, it really depends on what it, dep- it depends on how crazy the particle is at
1: that time. So some of the crazy particles are, are, are crazier than others. Well, more
2: or less. Does that, does that make sense?
1: I mean, yeah, I just, you know, I wish you You took off your
2: glasses there.
1: Well, I'm just trying to really wrap my brain around this crazy particle. You know, just have you guys, you know, theoretically been looking for it in a particle accelerator or anything? uh, Yeah, Of course. Well, what are you looking for? I guess like, like, you know, if, if somebody came in and was going to help you look for the crazy particle, how would you explain to them how to help you? I would ask them to help in any way they can. And, like, what would a task you would, like,
2: assign them to do? Well, that could be a million different things. Like I said, crazy science is not uh, so easily explained with just, you know, normal experimentation or trial well, and error. I think
0: that the scientific method might be able to help us out a little.
2: That's true. With That's what? where you're right. How?
1: I thought, you know, does the crazy particle react to the scientific method? So with
2: with our research, we incorporate all kinds of crazy different things. Um, anything you can really think of, we've probably tried or implemented within our uh, research. We're very well-funded, thankfully. And our our goal is to really see how crazy this whole thing can get.
1: The particle. You're trying to push the crazy particle to be as crazy as possible.
2: It's like splitting the atom. Yes and no. Yes and no. But uh, correct. Now, if we do enough crazy stuff, that perhaps the crazy particle will reveal itself Mm. or not. It would be in theory, some have argued that there could be a paradox here where the craziest thing the crazy particle could do is not do anything at all. Now that, that would be crazy.
1: Well, let me, let me ask you this. A lot of times, you know, there are component parts whenever you discover, a, a, you know, a new either, you know, matter or force carrier or something like that. Um, is there any particle that may exist that would be the complete opposite
2: of the crazy particle? Well, to be the opposite of crazy, you would have to be essentially not crazy at all. But something so crazy... It might just be that. Wow. That's really,
1: uh, yeah. Doctor, what's up dog? Um, do you, uh, are you, what are your thoughts on any of this?
0: Well, I think this conversation has gotten extremely technical. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of just wanted to bring, bring the level of discussion down a little bit.
1: You want to be vaguer. Okay. <laughs>
2: All
0: right. Uh, so see, okay.
1: You know, I always forget people Here, at home may not be as versed as we
0: are. <laughs> okay. So the crazy particle. Right. We forget that this <laughs> thing is just theoretical. Right. But what people don't understand who are not scientists is that everything in science is just theoretical. Exactly because, right. Because, you know, the sun, you know, you look in the sky and you're like, I think the sun exists, but the sun is just a theory because we can't prove that anything is real outside of ourselves. You can we? We have no
2: proof that any of our mathematical equations are true.
0: Yeah. And it's like, what what color, uh, you know, the color blue, for example. Oh, n- um, now we're you'll, talking. Like this, you'll like this example, Dr. Dollopsalve, because it's about colors. The color blue, for example, perhaps uh, Professor Scoop Dresser sees it as red. What I see as blue to him is red. And there's no way for us to know. And it's just so crazy to think about that everything is hypothetical and everything is just kind of a theory
1: well does that i guess does that matter if he sees blue and i see red and we both call it blue as long as we both see the same well, thing and understand Tell me it? doctor
0: as a color scientist does color matter
1: uh yes color matters in a big yes, way in how it so it matters a
0: lot if his red is my blue that's so crazy
1: well at the same time i don't think that necessarily means that Things are going to change because now they'll just think, okay, red's usually, you know, cred is the color of blood. It's the color of iron. It has the most crazy particles. Did you just say cred? Is that our new color? Cred is a sort of crazy red. Um, a lot. Uh, yeah, oh. almost like a
2: crimson, crazy exactly, exactly. crimson. You know, a
0: lot of. I actually read your, I read your paper, your peer reviewed uh, paper about that. Oh, the thank other day.
1: you, yeah. And the, the peers really, they did great job. They gave me, they gave me lots of good ratings, lots of thumbs up. So shout out to the peers who reviewed my paper. Thank you very much. But what I'm saying is, okay, if you see red and red's the crazy one, and then you see blue, but you call it red because you learned the word red because it equates to the same thing when we're talking, then that one's just going to be the crazy one. And you're going to think blue is crazier than red. But when I say red, you're still imagining your red, which is blue. So fundamentally, I guess what I'm saying is that nothing changes and it doesn't matter.
0: Well, it does matter a great deal. But what you're describing is just that these things are all theoretical, right? Because we can't prove that red and blue exist all we can do is have the theory of red and the theory of blue, and then we use the scientific method because mm-hmm. that makes it more objective to talk about. This that is, way.
1: you know, maybe we're we're losing people here. We're getting far too technical. This is getting very yeah. crazy. So the scientific technical.
0: method goes like this: Imagine uh, science is too complicated to use as an example. So imagine you're a rock and roll guitar player, and you want to write a rock and roll song with your guitar.
1: Oh yes, please. And
0: you think of a new guitar riff. So you make a hypothesis that this riff is going to go crazy and be so cool, then you test your hypothesis in front of a crowd of fans, and then if the fans are dancing to it, then it proves your hypothesis, and now it is a fact of science.
1: Let's go back to the you saw.
0: You tested it.
1: <laughs> I, I I don't think I caught the beginning of this <laughs> comparison. So what is the the guitar song? That what is the your the solo equates to what?
0: Well, basically, it's a hypothesis that you make of, is this part going to sound cool?
1: But are you comparing the it to somebody? To, or are you talking about a hypothetical? Are you using well, it to okay, prove a larger about, point?
0: Okay, maybe you'll understand more this way. What about ACDC, right? Mm-hmm. When they did You Shook Me All Night Long, they said, would this guitar sound cool? They sold so many copies that they tested their hypothesis in the marketplace of ideas, which is a numerical objective marketplace of things, just like science. And they made so much money that it was. They used a scientific method, and they made so much money that it was true. That it was a good guitar part. I think what
2: I think what our friend Benjamin here, the doctor, is saying that uh, consider green onions. That's been around for what feels like forever in our time, right? That's it a, has a
0: color in it, Doctor. Like, oh yeah, hustle.
2: yeah. It has a, but also, it's a classic riff that we all know and love. But when it first came out, when they first presented this. People are saying a few different things. They might say, that song, that riff is nuts. That song, that riff is wild. That song, that riff in Green Onions is crazy. So it all comes back together.
0: Maybe there's crazy particles in it. I know
2: it's accepted as a classic song. Just like a good, well-proven theory goes from being a that to the hypothesis what i guess what i'm and,
1: what i'm struggling with here is that Lord, presumably what, are, what does that prove? <laughs> is are you proving something you're saying well you it, can't
0: really prove anything because even green onions we know the song but it's just hypothetical still so you're talking about acdc we can't prove anything outside of ourselves
1: you're talking about acdc to prove to me that it's all hypothetical well, was the not, scientific
0: method is to hypothesize something and then test and it. As a color expert. But ultimately, everything is still just a theory because we can't know anything in this world. As a color expert,
1: I do need to say, uh, just because I don't want to be lambasted for getting anything wrong in my field. Uh, the song Green Onions actually doesn't have a color. It's just the well, title of the song. To me, to me song.
0: it's blue onions actually, but I know that other people perceive it as green onions. So I use that title when I talk to others. Well, you would say I perceive it as blue onions, but
1: your blue looks like my green. So when yeah, you say so, uh, blue onions, then you should yeah. be saying green onions to me. No, because I say then green I onions understand. to.
0: I do. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I say green onions to you because I know you perceive it that way.
1: I see, I perceive green as green, right? But you perceive yeah. it as.
0: As blue, but yes, I know but that you're how do, how do you proving, prove
1: that.
0: Well, you can't prove it. You can't prove anything.
1: So what are we, What are, you know, what
0: are Listen, we doing even here? Science. We're doing the scientific <laughs> method.
1: Yeah, but we can't prove anything. So the
0: scientific method. Yeah, me- but the scientific method, we can test our hypotheses at least. You is know? this
2: because there's too many crazy particles in the air? I think Dr. Salva is finally re- realizing that nothing is real and everything is crazy. Uh, well.
1: You know that's really what you know. Our, our you know people look up to scientists, and they don't want them to. You know they don't want scientists to go on the news and tell everyone that nothing's <laughs> real and everything. Well, crazy. I can't prove
0: that nothing is real. I can't prove anything. It might be that everything is real.
1: Well, then if you can't prove anything, why? Are, what are we? What are we doing? Why are we? Ge- you know, we're all getting all this. Grant we're trying money. to
0: discover the nature of reality through the scientific method. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I can't even make this any simpler.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. You know, maybe we should should move along. I'm. I'm you know. Okay. The, how
0: about this? How about this? The nuclear bomb. Is it another comparison? Was the product of science. The nuclear bomb. No, this is a real bomb. The nuclear bomb. When they started dropping them everywhere and going crazy, those people all died because of the bomb, right? It's cause and effect. The bomb falls, and the people explode. Right. And their skin melts off and everything. That's, okay, they come tested, all kinds
2: of different colors. They spread out.
0: The their energy is The president of America, he had a hypothesis. <laughs> if I drop this bomb on all these innocent people, all of them are going to die. And he tested his hypothesis, and it worked. So what did it prove? It proved that the bomb hypothesis was correct, that it would kill the people that the bomb fell on. However, we also can't prove anything because we can't know anything outside of ourselves. So it didn't so prove the scientific anything. method did its job, but we can't really know for sure. But it was worth testing. So what you're telling me. is we believe me, in the scientific method.
1: And feel free to interrupt me and get as technical as you want. Um, so what you're telling me is that we can't prove anything. The only thing we can prove is that hypothesis work when we kill people. Y-
0: well, basically, the scientific method is the only means we have through which to discover reality.
1: So the scientific method isn't flawed. What's flawed is all these crazy particles in the atmosphere.
0: Well, it's more like human perception Well, we don't know flawed, the, but we don't we know don't if it's know. crazy particles don't or not because they're just a theory. And so it's right now,
1: there's a particle looking around <laughs> around the doorway. Do, is, do, they, do crazy no, particles I never, clump I never, around
2: doorways? I, I'm the crazy scientist here. I never agreed to the theory that it's three guys peeking around a quarter that is not his field but you can't we prove it. We helped him it. with his project. But you can't prove it. I can't prove it, but it's not crazy enough anything. to be true. Now, <laughs> we do have any prove We don't we have no we have no proof that the crazy particle is flawed. There's no proof of that. The hypothesis is that it could be very well be perfect in this chaotic universe of ours.
0: Yep. Yes. And math is the only thing that makes me think maybe something is real because every time I type in nine squared in my graphing calculator, I receive back the answer 81 every time it works the same way. So it seems like math is telling us something that reality exists. We just can't prove it yet.
1: So how about this? I'll do a live because I think I can prove something. I think I can prove something as tangentially true. Um with a little experiment that I'm performing for you guys Okay, right
0: now, well, or- you're a scientist, right? So give us your mm-hmm. hypothesis. I am wearing a lab coat. Test
1: I'm glad that we all wore our lab coats today, by the way. I really hate it when I'm... You know, doing some sort of media with another scientist, and they show up wearing like a.
0: I got my gold bar in the pocket. Oh I don't yeah, I got I, my we gold definitely
2: bar. we all we definitely all feel and look the part. I believe, <laughs> though I will say, uh, Doctor Sal, you kind of dropped that voice. You sounded a bit like our, our our mentor at the beginning there. Oh
1: well, I think it's just nerves. Never really you know, done a a, a a podcast really. So I think it's just nerves, you know, none of my jokes worked. You know, I tried to lighten it up, but I think, you know, so when you get nervous, you
0: drop your accent.
1: No, I think I think he was putting on a he was sounded like our mentor, Uh, Dr. Brainiac. He was sounding like like a more of
0: a nerd. Oh yes, I get it.
1: Well, you know I quick shout out to Dr. Brainiac. Uh, you know, good luck in your fight against Doofus disease. Um really pulling for you. Um you know, his two front teeth have grown to such enormous sizes that I know it, it yeah, bothers him the, personally. It's the
0: only symptom of doofus disease, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, well, do- perhaps fortunately, because it's not fatal. Dr.
1: Brainiac's still as smart as he was. You know, he's just got those two front teeth. He can't really take his science as seriously as you did before. All right. On to the experiment real quick. Um, so... When I do my color science and when I work at the Color Foundation, essentially what's happening is I'm in a large lab room and I got hundreds of test tubes everywhere and I have liquids of every single color. So I brought two of the color liquids with me today. So this is my brown liquid. I'm pouring it in the test tube here. I'm sorry, this is my blue liquid. I'm pouring it in the test tube here. And then I have- It my, might
0: be my brown. If my it's yellow.
1: Actually, yeah, I don't know. I got a brown one. I'll just look at it. So I have yellow- And I have blue. Now, what do you think is going to happen if I pour both of these colors into the same test tube?
0: I think it will explode because they are two different poisons.
2: I think we're going to see a crazy color.
1: Well, let's do it right here. I add a little blue, add a little yellow, and gentlemen, we have green. I hypothesized that these two colors would make green and it did. Oh, you
0: hypothesized it after you did the uh, experiment. That's convenient. Well no, I
1: was I wasn't gonna tell you guys what I thought was gonna happen because I've already
0: Oh, is that how we do science? We don't tell anyone our hypothesis uh, no, I've ar- after this we This isn't tested. my
1: first time doing the experiment. I've done the experiment a bunch. I'm always up there red and blue, purple, uh, you know, yellow and red, orange. Like you name any color combination. Um, I know how it works. When war- I
0: go to the basketball court, I always You know, sometimes I make it and sometimes I miss it. But afterward, I tell everyone that I hypothesized exactly what happened every time.
1: Well, that's true. I guess they get really mad at you for being so technical.
0: Well, what I'm proving
1: with this green liquid, right, is that this is real. I proved it, right? That's that's fact. Well, what
0: did you prove?
1: I proved that if you mix a blue liquid and a yellow liquid, it'll make a green liquid in a test tube of my lab. And he has he has some quite, quite.
2: Expensive beakers.
1: Oh, these <laughs> these are top flight beakers. I'm flush with cash. David Thong's given me as much money as I want. I'm flush with cash. I don't want to hire anybody else because I like being in a small lab and mixing my colors. So I can spend all the money. I have a Bunsen burner like you wouldn't believe. I tried putting so my David gold bar Thong to David
0: Thong is, is paying you insane amounts of money. In order to prove that blue plus yellow makes green.
1: I don't know what he's trying to prove. I'm not asking questions. I just have a lot of work in color theory ahead of me. He doesn't ask. He gives me a blank check.
0: You know, one time at um, the Pritzker Foundation for Peaceful Warfare, while we're working on our, our nuclear bomb, we got a shipment of dead rats. Um, So we just sliced them all open to use them. <laughs> but we didn't really have anything we were trying to do. Like, we're not rat, rat scientists, you know? So
1: why did you slice them then?
0: Just to make use of them, because it's like, we don't need these rats, but I don't want them to go to waste, so we just took some scalpels and cut them up and then threw them in the trash, you know? It's
1: kind of a waste to just mutilate rat corpses.
0: Well, I made some hypotheses along the way. Like, I bet this one looks as gross and disgusting as the other one does when you cut it up, Mm. and it was right.
2: (laughs) Well, couldn't fit. And I bet, I bet, I would, I would, (laughs) I would be willing to bet that the inside of those rats looked crazy.
0: It. I think I saw a crazy particle in there, and that's why, that's why I had my theory about it looking like three guys peeking around a corner, because I swear I saw one while I was doing it.
1: Do you guys want to hear about a crazy color I made?
0: What, green? I'm
2: on the other my seat.
1: I mixed a little green a little white. A little yellow. to light green? A little bit of brown. A little bit of orange. Just a scotia orange. And I finished it off with a little purple. And I call it Puce, wow, that's just one of my most recent breakthroughs. it
2: looks it looks like brown. it's maybe you know, an off an off
1: brown If you look at it through a colorometer, it is slightly different from what is accepted as brown. In fact, even within the whole Roy G Biff spectrum, there's many colors that just haven't properly been identified and tagged yet. I mean, we just recently found out about zinger which is like a real dirty green yellow. Oh, wow. It's awful. It's an awful color. We're not finding any good colors anymore, you know? Like, we found all the good colors, and now it's mostly stuff like puce, small, well, zinger,
0: I don't Sinoper, mean to tell you how to do your own job in your own field, but I feel like a lot of colors are being done on the computer nowadays. Corn brown. Because it's more mathematical. A lot of today's numbers will have six numbers, like 6, tw- uh, 2, 9, 3, F, 5. And that will be like a color on the computer. Well, and it's so objective and numerical that we can adjust the 2 to a 3 or the F to an E, and we'll get a different color Okay, using mathematics I, yeah, and science. Yeah, I
1: understand that, but can a computer, you know... Can you walk into a computer's lab and show them a, a picture of Bart Simpson on a t shirt and say, I want that exact color Bart Simpson yellow? And can the computer well, make that Well, if have for the eyedropper
0: you? tool in Photoshop, yeah.
1: Oh, they can do that now?
0: Yeah. I'm not um, really I, much I, of a techie. I, even I can make hypotheses. I'm not like, much of I a change, techie.
1: I don't you really. If use-
0: I change. 4825f3 to 4825f4 I think I believe the color would change a little.
1: So wait, if I got if it, like if I go in, like on the computer, right? If I, can it can it make yeah. the color blue now?
0: Oh yeah, it's uh, that's okay. out there. And so if I take the color blue the equations out there and
1: I, I I add a little red to it, does it what does it make?
0: Well, you're the color expert. I couldn't well, tell. Well, you.
1: I know what it is. I just don't, you know, I I want to know if the computer can do well, it. Well, I feel like we
0: t- shouldn't have to speak on this.
2: Well, this da- is your field well
1: if david thong figures out he can just do this stuff on the computer then around you know my whole See,
0: the real the real uh vanguard to me of color science is are there colors in between two and three in between e and f do you know what i mean no like what if it was a color called one three e f 2 1.5 would that be a new color in between one and two
1: you know that tech that technology would be a, l- a little beyond me in fact you know i'm trying to I'm sweating really badly right now. I didn't know that it was. So, yeah, I don't think it could do it. I don't think there's any way they could generate it. They couldn't do it. I don't think they could yeah, do you'd it. Yeah, you
0: probably need two test tubes to test that one. Yeah, huh?
1: usually, you know, within, as a color expert, we like to stick within the color system. And as such, you know, it's mostly, you know, primary colors, sometimes ter- uh, secondary ones, and we'll mix those. But, you know, it gets too dangerous to do it on computer. I think if you tried to do that on computer, it might explode. The computer might blow up. Because you You never know know how crazy particles are going to react inside of a hard drive or a processor.
0: That's a very good point. That's something that is, that's a vanguard of research right now. But, you know, I haven't talked a whole lot about my research yet. And it's probably because it's so technical that I don't think you guys would get it. No, please
1: be as technical as you possibly can be.
0: But, well, okay. So basically, you know, the classic nuclear bomb. Well, the one that we're working on right now, we're up to, the one we're on is 992.5 times more deadly and bigger explosive. Than the classic. But we're trying to reach a thousand times. Because that would be crazy. Because like people. If you hear it's 992 times more crazy. Then like people are going to be like. Oh that's kind of deadly. But people understand the number a thousand. It sounds really bad. That's why you've been
2: working very close. With his yeah. team. And if we could. Dr. Salve. If we could get you. To incorporate some crazy colors. Oh yeah. Anytime.
0: Oh on the bomb. That would be really cool I got, I got hot
1: pink. I finally. I figured out how to do hot pink.
0: But uh, we do have some concerns that even if people know that there's a bomb that's a thousand times more deadly, it might not scare them enough into being good. Like some people might still be bad guys, right? So we thought, what if we democratize the arms race by giving every living person on the entire earth a button they can click to blow up this crazy bomb at any time if they want to with just the click of a button? That way... It's not just presidents and and dictators who can choose to use the bomb. It's every one of us. It's been fully democratized, so we're all in it together.
1: May may I ask you a, a question about this system?
0: Where where would uh, they go ahead. where would they keep the bomb?
1: Because what if somebody's on the other side of the world and they blow it up?
0: Well, we've thought about that. It makes sense to leave it right in the core of the earth so that it's equidistant from every person
1: would that destroy the whole planet then with a thousand times the force of a nuclear
0: bomb? Well, we certainly hope so because that would make sure that no one would ever use it. Okay. If it only destroys half the planet, then the other half the planet's going to use it right away. It needs to destroy the whole thing immediately. So
1: there's like an ethernet wire going to like the center of the earth and everyone can detonate it at any given time.
0: Well, it uses like invisible waves and particles. You don't need an ethernet uh, wire. Yeah. Just don't this use crazy
1: particles. Cause that, those are unreliable.
0: Well, we're using crazy particles. It could go off at any to, time. To now, get a bomb this big? Uh,
1: real quick, if I if I can turn here to Professor Scoop Dresser, would a crazy particle introduced to a super powerful crazy bomb make the bomb
2: act crazy in any way, potentially? Professor? Nick? Well, I'm thinking, I'm doing a lot of calculations in my head right now. I think that, I mean, if everything aligns, it's, it has the potential to be the craziest incident or moment in all of human history. <laughs> that, I mean, just in my head alone, I, I just, I already feel crazy thinking about it.
1: Oh, well, you know, maybe that, that, that does sound a little bit risky and you're saying this would bring world
0: peace? Of course it would. It would be the most perfect deterrent. The nuclear bomb was so close to being a good deterrent that I think this time we're going to get them.
1: Well, what will be the problem if there's no nuclear bombs? Like how...
0: Well, then you can't blow anything up, so how is anyone... No one's going to respect anyone then. The only way to get respect as a nation in a big world like ours is to the threat of violence.
1: You don't think that there's going to be... There's no
0: threat of violence Then how you can't respect anyone, so everyone's going to be disrespectful all the time and be going... being rude and stuff.
1: I, I feel like people will just constantly be threatening to set off a nuclear bomb at the core of the earth if they're able to. I think... You know, if I had that capability in my teenage years, I definitely probably would have, you know, surrendered to the crazy particle, so to speak.
0: Well, I don't th- I believe in the good in all people. And I think it just sounds like you have a more pessimistic view of the yeah, world. Yeah, You're
1: a real optimist. You're the yeah. it's crazy. You're such an optimist that you really do want to get everyone <laughs> a nuclear bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very. Ambitious I just believe idea.
0: in democracy and optimism, mm-hmm.
1: and let's try and let's 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 try not to use too technical words like that. There.
0: Oh, that's true. I how would I explain that to a non-scientist? Basically, I believe in good guys, and I think it's fun to all have a say.
1: Well, that's that's very very noble of you, Doctor Up uh, uh, Watts Up Dog, but. Uh, You know, some of you, some of your methods may be a little, uh, 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 you know, it may be scaring some of our listeners. Please tell us, you know, if, if somebody like me who seems a little afraid of somebody having capability to launch a nuclear bomb at any given time, you know, what would you tell that person?
0: Well, I think maybe we can ease people into the existence of this bomb. Like I said, we're not quite to a thousand times power yet. We're still at about 992 and a half times. But in the meantime, maybe we can transition people to understanding this beautiful new world by creating smaller handheld nuclear weapons that they can get their hands on to kind of test out first. Like we're working on a baseball bat that has a nuclear tip. You know how like some of the pros, sometimes they'll cork the bat so they can cheat? This is like that, but it's got nuclear stuff inside. Mm. And the second it makes contact with something at a high enough speed, it explodes like a little nuclear explosion if we get these in the hands of some of our pro baseball players, we have a few of these happen on TV and the MLB. It'll make people comfortable with the concept, I think. And it won't be so, all this technical mumbo jumbo we've been saying on the show. It'll kind of like humanize it and make it simple for people. So
1: what's the distribution strategy? Just mailing out these nuclear bats.
0: <laughs> yeah. These nuclear baseball bats we are mostly going to send them to celebrities first. Cause they have a larger reach. Um, so obviously, you know, baseball stars, um, after that, probably like Instagram influencers. Um, what about you know you know
1: people that aren't necessarily comfortable having a personal nuclear weapon? Is there any kind of step down uh, deterrent? Giving everyone a handgun, give everyone a samurai sword of some sort. Well,
0: it's sort of like the broken windows theory. You know, it's very like,
1: technical. Don't be too very technical.
0: Um, Professor Gladwell actually did a lot of research on this. And basically, if like one, if one out of every 10 cars has a car alarm, then people aren't going to want to steal any cars because some of them have alarms, right? So if one out of every 10 people has a nuclear baseball bat, everyone's going to behave better.
1: Now, are people going to be walking around with their nuclear baseball bats?
0: of course they are just ah. like they do just like when you see a little a little you know young tyke a little slugger walking around with his catcher's mitt and his baseball bat
1: so so tell me how do you get explosions to be bigger and bigger and bigger what are you doing to push these explosions other than just well, adding like a
2: bunch earlier, of elements to a bowl well, you got to make them crazier yes, you got to make we put them crazier. a lot
0: of holmium berkelium, uranium protactium But, yes, like the good doctor is saying over here, we also add crazy particles. There's so much going on that we would need a whole podcast to even explain it. It, it, And, like, all these particles start going crazy because of the crazy particles. And it's like splitting an atom, but it's like you're splitting... For instance, a Mendelvium or a Nobelium, and that just goes way crazier.
1: It's like cooking a stew, except, you know, instead of your, you know, bay leaves and salt and pepper and chicken broth, you're adding a little bit of berkelium, a little bit of galonium, right. a little bit of Einsteinium. Uh it's like making a, a fine dish. So I, I understand that a little bit. And tell me. Any, any observations on the colors of these bombs, if I can do some cross field stuff? The explosions, are they a classic sort of mushroom head yellow, a more vivid orange, or can we get into something really crazy like a teal explosion or a magenta explosion?
0: So we're, we're actually developing technology that we can put a little color cartridge in the bomb to change the color of the explosion. Mm. And we thought it would be neat and it'd be a cool way to raise awareness by letting everyone on Earth vote in an online poll to decide what color the explosion should be.
1: Oh, that'd be fun. That's your job as a scientist to run a poll to see what color explosion the biggest nuclear bomb should
0: be well yes some of our greatest scientists are guys like neil degrasse tyson Mm -hmm. who don't really do anything except post Mm -hmm. annoying stuff online and that's kind of a part of the awareness of it all uh and yes doctor maybe you can help us choose a few colors to put in the poll
1: i i'll help you on one condition the next time they send one of us to joe rogan i don't want to (laughs) go i'm tired of explaining things to joe rogan I'll leave that well,
2: I'll leave that I, will to say, one I, you I do guys. like I do like going on to Joe's show because some of the things he says in there are a little crazy, so I think that's good for my research
0: you know science is so technical and we've talked about so many theories well I mean basically everything that exists is a theory and hypothetical and but you can't We talked prove about anything. so many yes, we can't prove anything Except whatsoever colors. but Um, maybe because this conversation has been so incredibly technical, and I think a lot of the listeners are probably scratching their heads like, what the heck are these guys talking about? What if we demonstrate with an experiment here? I actually have a little bit, a small bomb that we've been working on. It's just like a little piece of our super awesome nuclear bomb that we've been developing. What if we blow something up with this? In order to really show people what we're talking about. Wow. <laughs>
2: well, now you're talking crazy.
0: All
1: right. Well, hey, guys, if we're going to do this, remember, safety first. Here's your guys' safety glasses.
2: All Thank right. you very much. Remember to sit behind the glass. The, the rays, the UV rays don't come through.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing my lead cod piece, of course, to protect my genitalia from any of the UV rays. And the crazy now, particles.
0: Uh, doctor, this is your lab, so what should I blow up in here? What would you like to see blow up? You you love colors so much, it's like, I don't know if there's a certain color you want to see blow up everywhere.
1: Well, uh, you know, what I was really hoping for is, um, you know, honestly, a lot lately I've been experimenting with Joker colors, uh, white, black, purple, and green. So anything you can get in kind of Joker colors, make it look somewhat like my van, I think would be pretty cool. Why don't we blow up my Joker van?
0: <laughs> sure, all right. Doctor, we do the honors. It's in the garage. It's convenient over that here. you already you parked your van in the lab, which is going to be very convenient, so we don't have to go outside it, here.
1: It's, well, it's more of a warehouse, but you know.
0: So this is just a little nuclear bomb. So it actually, we blow it up with this this thing that has like a little lever, and you push down on it, kind of like how you blow up dynamite. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let me get behind the glass here with you guys. Maybe we should all push down on it.
1: Oh, yeah. Do you have any maybe white safety hats we could put on or yellow style hard hats we can put on?
0: Oh, yeah. Scientists. Safety
1: hat. first. I have knee
2: pads on as well.
0: All right. My hypothesis here is that the nuclear bomb will blow up the van just as we predicted.
2: All right. Are we
1: counting on three? Are you saying do we, st- do we go on one or do we go on zero?
0: And do we count down like three, two, one, or do we count down like 3, 2.9, 2.8, 2.7? I think one.
1: 3, 2, one would probably. count well, we're skipping a lot
0: of numbers in between. Well, right?
1: if we do 10, we're going to be here forever.
0: The numbers are implied. Well, what if we count down from 1, but we do 0.99999 0.999998, I, I don't understand why we can't just blow up my five.
2: Oh, wait, I got an idea. We could speed it up, and we could say three, two, one.
0: Well, okay, we'll say three, two, one, but 3 stands in for 0.00003. Sure, sure, two sure, 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 sure. Just, just, just push the plunger, man. And one stands in for zero point zero 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 one Okay? Dr. Self, just do it. Just, okay. Just, no, he's fighting me. Point, Let me push 0. it. 0. 0003. I'm trying to push it. He's fighting me. Zero point zero 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 two. Just let's just do three, two, one. Zero point 2, man. <laughs> oh, see, the hypothesis worked. It blew up the van and here we are. We're perfectly fine.